is insistently a tragic age, so it refused to take it tragically. The cataclysm has happened. We are among the ruins. We start to build up new little habitats, to have new little hopes. It is rather hard work. There is no, no smooth roads into the future. But we go round, or scramble over the obstacles. We've got to live, no matter how many skies have fallen. This was more or less Constance Chatley's prediction. The wall has brought the roof down over her head, and she had realized. That one must live and learn. She married Clifford Chatley in 1970. When he was home for a month on leave, we had a month honeymoon. Then he went back to Flanders to be shipped over to England again. Six months later, more lies in bits. Constance, his wife, was then twenty-three years old, and he was twenty-nine. His hold on life was marvelous. He didn't die, and the beds seemed to grow together again. For two years, he remained in the doctor's hands. Then he was pronounced cured. And could return to life again, with the lower half of his body, from the hips down, paralyzed for an hour. This was in 1920. They returned, Clifford and Constance, to his home, Rugby Hall, the family seat. His father had died. Clifford was now a baronet, Sir Clifford, and Constance was Lady Chatley. They came to start housekeeping, and married life in the rather fallen home of the Chatleys, and rather in adequate income. Clifford had a sister, but she had departed; otherwise, there was no. Near relatives, the elder brother was dead in the war, grieved forever, knowing he could never have any children. Clifford came home to the smoky Midlands to keep the Tatley name alive, while he could. He was not really downcast. He could wheel himself about in a wheelchair, and he had a bicycle with a small motor attachment, so he could drive himself slowly round the garden and into the light McKinley Park, of which he was really so proud, though he pretended to be flippant about it. Having suffered so much, the capacity for suffering 
and to some extent Latin. He is mainly strange and bright and cheerful, almost the one might say, Turkey, with his ruddy, healthy-looking face, airing his pale blue, challenging bright eyes. His shoulders were broad and strong. His hands were very strong. He was expensively dressed, and wore handsome neckties from Bond Street. Years blew in his face, was a watchful look, those light waxing of a creeper. He had so very nearly lost his life. That was remained was wonderfully precious to him. It was obvious in the anxious brightness of his eyes. How proud he was! After great shock of being alive, but he had been so much hurt that something inside him had perished. Some of his feelings had gone. There was a blank of incentives. His wife was a ruddy, country-looking girl with soft brown hair and sturdy body, and slow movements full of unusual energy. She had big, wandering eyes and a soft, male voice, and seemed just to have come from her native village. It was not so at all. Her father was a vast well-known old sir, Malcolm Reed. Her mother had been one of the cultivated families in the plumbing, rather pre-refilator days. Between artists and cultured socialists, Constance and her sister Hilda had had what might be called an ancestrally unconventional upbringing. They had been taken to Paris and Florence and Rome to breathe in art, and they had been taken also in the other direction to the Hangul and Berlin to great socialist conventions where the speakers spoke in every civilized tongue. And no one was abashed. The two girls, therefore, were from an early age, not the least daunted by either art or idea politics. It was their natural atmosphere. They were advanced, cosmopolitan, and provincial. With the Castellan provincialism of art, that goes with pure social ideals. They had been sent to Dresden at the age of fifteen for music, among other things. 
and they had had a good time there. They lived freely among students. They argued with the men over philosophical, sociological, and artistic matters. They were just as good as the men themselves, only better, since they were women. And they traveled to the forest with sturdy youths bearing guitars. Hong Kong. They sang the Vanderbilt vocal songs, and they were free. Free. There was a great world out in the open world, out in the forest of the morning, with lusty and splendid thirties young fellows, free to do as they liked. And about all, to say what they liked. It was talked that mattered differently. The impassioned interchange of talk. Love was uh, only a manner accompaniment. Both Hilda and Custis had had their tentative love affairs by the time they were eighteen. The young man with whom they talked so passionately and sang so lustily and camped under the trees in such freedom wanted. Of course, the love connects. The girls were doubtful, but then the thing was so much talked about. It was supposed to be so important, and the men were so humble. And crazy. Why couldn't the girl be queenly and give the gift of herself? So they had given the gift of hers of themselves, each to the youth with whom she had the most subtle and intimate arguments. The arguments, the discussions, was a great thing. The love making and connection were only sort of. Primitive rewarding and a bit of an anticlimax. One was lost in love with a boy afterwards, and the little inclined to hate him, as if he had trespassed on one's privacy and inner freedom. For of course, being a girl, one's whole dignity and meaning. In life, consistent in the achievement of an absolute, a perfect, a pure and noble freedom. What else did a girl's life mean? To shake off the old and solidate connections and subjections. Sentimentalize it. This sex business was one of the most ancient Saudi connections and subjections. Points who glorified it were mostly men. Women had always known there was something better, something higher, 
and now they know it more definitely than ever. The beautiful pure freedom of a woman was infinitely more wonderful than any sexual love. The only unfortunate thing was that men lagged so far behind women in the matter. They insisted on the sex thing like dogs. <laughs>